All right, man, get your jitters out. What was that? I don't know. I think a banshee just flew out of my body. That was really scary. You're scary. All right. The cast rail tune. Wow. Tune. The tune. tune. <laughs> the tune. The boom tune. Uh, the boom tune. There's no giant in this deck, Rob. Oh, you're right. Why'd you write that, man? You wrote it, Rob. You can't prove that. I'm not sure if people liked my beatboxing at the beginning of last episode. Why? Nobody, nobody said anything. Man, you're a good beatboxer. And I'm Joe, and this week, we cover the huge tournament news announcement. Mm, huge <laughs> tournament news announcement? Like, What's a news announcement? Rob, when I tell you how my week has gone so far. It's just downhill. I need to start over. <laughs> Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, we cover the huge tournament announcement, talk about things we'd like to see in the game, discuss a few decks, and more. Yes. So, let me ask you a quick question. How, ask away, How Sparky. has your week been going in this game? I don't even want to talk about it. Why? Lay it on me. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about my week. Has it been how that my bad? Week's been. It's that bad, man. Do you want me to tell you how bad it's been? I mean, I asked the question. I know, but I thought maybe if you didn't ask me again, I would I wouldn't have to answer. It definitely wasn't a rhetorical question. So I'll tell you how the start of my week was. Technically, the start of my week was the end of last week, right? Technically, right? I ended last week to start this week. If all laws of time are true, then yes, this week started after last week. Correct. Mm -hmm. And at the end of last week, <laughs> in other words, the beginning of this week, mm -hmm. I was at 2,800 trophies. Really? Would you like me to tell you what my current trophy count is? I would like you to tell me and the 2,000 listeners that we have right now. 2,268. 2,268. What? That's like over 500. I had a 500 and like 30 freaking trophy death spiral what? and it was it was the worst experience that i've ever had with this game let me ask to you the point where i didn't i didn't even know what to do did you throw your phone i dude i was on the <laughs> bus when i was playing some of these games on the way home from work and all like in my mind i pictured throwing my phone just like Raygun wesley would like a ninja star into the window of the bus. But I realized how like much of a lunatic I would look like. So in my mind, I envisioned it, but I didn't actually do it. And all I could think about was, I really wish I was home right now on my couch so I could just throw the phone into a pillow. But I wasn't. And, and so <laughs> Probably what do helped. I do? And so what do I do? You know, it's funny. When I'm losing, I don't like, I don't get this like, you know, this wisdom that tells me, hey, you know what, Joe, you're losing. You should really just put the game down and take a break. No. Instead, I automatically, as soon as I lose a game, I click like the OK button, right? Right underneath, mm -hmm. like once the game's over. Mm -hmm. And I immediately click battle again. 
Like immediately. Yeah, it's like uh, eating Pringles. That, once you, once you pop, what's it? Once you pop, you just can't stop. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Dude, I this was by far like the most frustrating week I've ever had playing this game. Hmm. But hey, I can only hope that I can go up from here. Do you, well, that's true. Do you think that it was solely because of the uh, balance changes, or do you think it was a a little bit of that, a little bit of you being frustrated, maybe tired, maybe a bunch of other things. I think it was, you want me to be totally honest with you? I think it was just me. Like, I think I'm just like, there are certain times where I feel like I can play so well at this game. And then there's other times where I'm just like, hmm, what do the goblins do? <laughs> oh, wait, they don't counter the wizard? And I'm just like... <laughs> I'll throw a troop down and I'll be like, why did I just do that? It's really funny. I, uh, I'll, uh, I'm sorry. I, I'll okay. know, I'll know that the guy has Sparky, right? Yeah. And I'll be playing Mr. Freeze. And what will I use my freeze on? Oh, you know, the tower when my hog riders buy it. Yeah, I've, I've done that. Uh, you know how many fireballs I've lobbed today and missed and zapped non-goblins? Yeah, it's happened more times than I can count. You know what? I, when, I, when I make like a really stupid play, mm-hmm. I know I made a stupid play. But you know what gets me the most about it? Is when the other person emotes at you, calling you out on your stupid play. Yep. <laughs> and I don't even care when they say oops. Like oops is like the normal one. Right? Yeah. Like if, if you mess oops. up, like if I say oops and you say oops, like, all right, I get it. Yeah. But, like, if I mess up and you know I messed up, but you know that I know I messed up, too, mm-hmm. and then you put the cry emote out. Oh, it's, yeah, emotions flying. My, I just, I automatically, my next play is automatically the worst possible move I can make. <laughs> so, it sounds like you're extremely frustrated, and I, I can sense that, and I, I feel you. I've been there. I think we've all been there. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm going to steer away from that dark hole that you're trying to pull me into right now. No, no, I'm going to pull us right out and talk about the exact opposite experience that I've been having this week with purple flames deck. Can I do that? So this is, so this is like a slow, <laughs> you're very clever. This was like, you like that? that was like a slow roundabout way, like, like a rosy picture telling me that. While I had the most terrible week of Clash Royale, you had a very good week of Clash Royale. That was like a quick smack in the face. I couldn't help myself. So, Rob, let me ask you about your week. How did did your week go in Clash Royale? My week has been very good. So, what's been happening to me is I've been playing, and I've definitely had those games where I get really frustrated, and, you know, I'm like, of course this game is pitting me against somebody that's like 100 levels, uh, you know, 100 trophies higher than me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, when all is said and done, I wound up making it all the way to 2,777 using purple flames deck. And I, once again, have to give credit where credit is due. This kid made an awesome deck and I'm really just trying to perfect it. And I still don't think that I'm anywhere close to doing that. I, I know that I've been like getting higher, um, but I finally think I have a deck um, because of him that I'm not 
hitting a huge trophy death spiral like the 500 plus that you just went through. You had to bring that up. Sorry. Was it too soon? I thought you were taking me out of the hole. Well, I'm circling around it a little bit. Yeah, you're like, you're like, you're crawling out of it and then throwing me back <laughs> like in, the, in the hole. <laughs> no, but to, to be honest with you, Purple's deck, and we talked about it in length last episode, so if you're looking for the deck, um, it's included in the show notes of episode 11, mm-hmm. so be sure to check it out. Um, I really, really, really wish that I could play this deck, but two of the cards that are crucial in the deck are the dark print um excuse me the regular prince and the minion horde um my prince is level two and my minion horde right now is only level eight so Mm. i don't have the levels of cards that i need to compete with this deck yet right yeah my minion horde's level nine and my prince is level three and i just got my i don't remember if i said this last time but i just got my goblins to level 10 it's my first level 10 card that's so cool. Uh-huh. How much does it cost? Oh, uh, 8,000. Oh, man. I think. I haven't had 8,000 gold saved up in like two months. Yeah, it's going to take me a long time to get the other ones to level 10 too. Plus, I'm still trying to get my fireball to level 7 because I want my rares to match because my hog is level 7 too. It's going to be so good when you get your fireball to level 7 because then it kills a level 6 musketeer in one shot. Mm, you're right. And, and a level six uh, wizard. So good. Mm-hmm. What I really want them to do is kill level 10 barbarians. Well, that's not going to happen. With a level seven fireball, it may. Not level 10. No, it almost kills level nine. Almost. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I don't do the math there. I don't really care. I just hope it kills things. <laughs> I just hope. <laughs> I just I hope, hope it kills so things. hard. Yeah. Um, so that was our week in the arena. Um, we got some awesome news from the big old supercell. Um, looks like we're getting a tournament feature. The one that we, uh, alluded to last week when they kind of brought out that little Twitter picture. Yeah. So last week they teased the idea, um, with quote unquote, just a little something we're working on. Mm -hmm. Um, this week, they actually gave us two uh, more informative teasers. So it wasn't really a tease. It was more like information that was being provided to us. Yeah. And they did it in two different parts, right? Um, and they answered some of our questions, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty in-depth. Yeah. They clearly have given this a lot of thought, and they weren't just doing this on the fly, and they also weren't just throwing out the idea to see what people thought. <laughs> they were Right. They were really just letting you know that, hey, this is coming. We've been working on it. We have some ideas and we're going to give you them. Right. And it seems Uh, like they've tested it a couple of different ways, um, because from what I've been reading, um, it doesn't look like they're going to be doing a bracket system. It sounds like that it's going to be random players and based on location and proximity and all fun stuff like that, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. And I thought, you know, you and I had basically thought that nothing in this game is free, right? So we thought that people were going to be able to either host their own tournaments or enter into tournaments via paying gold. Um, actually, a little bit different because they make you pay... Gems. Gems, mm. of course. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. you know, you're not, if you're not using your gems to open up chests or to buy chests, 
why not use them to enter into a tournament, well, right? To be fair, um, I can't remember who, so I'm sorry, but one of our clan members brought up um, when we were talking in Discord that this is a perfect opportunity for the game to try and make a little bit more money because really a lot of players probably don't spend a lot of gold. Um, I'm sorry, not a lot of gold, um, a lot of money, real money on um, gems because really all that does is just help you open up chests faster. And if you happen to get a lot of gems, um, or buy a lot of gems, uh, you can open a couple of super magical chests and you might not come away with anything important. So, sure. um, what this is going to do is now you can essentially buy gems to use as an entry fee to get into the tournaments. And I mean, I don't know how big of a cost we're looking at, um, cause they don't really talk about that, um, in terms of, how many gems we're going to be needing to get into the lowest level tournament versus even the highest level tournaments. Yeah, that's right. But they do say that, I mean, they, they really, really give you the idea that the highest amount of gems that you will have to pay to get into a tournament is pretty large. Um, yeah, that's true. Because ultimately what's going to wind up happening is the, you know, a bunch of people are going to try and join a tournament. They'll all pay gems in order, like you said, to give an entry fee. Mm -hmm. And then the winners are the top, top, top players of the of those tournaments are right. going to get a lot of rewards, right? Albeit gems and gold and a huge, huge number of um, of cards. Um, and I think I saw that the top half of each tournament gets a prize. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounded like to me. Um, and you were talking about big rewards. Um, it sounds like they were giving an example for like the largest tournament possible that the number one player is going to get a whopping 15,000 cards. That's incredible. It's going to be, it's going to be 10,000 expos. Oh my gosh. 2,000 mortars and a couple hundred of the, uh, you know, spear goblins and goblins. I've been playing for almost three months now, I think. Mm. And I don't even think in three months that I've opened up. 10 or 15,000 cards. Yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. But I mean, you don't want to know what's cool though. I, <clears throat> I was actually thinking about this today. Hmm. The tournaments, this might sound like super obvious, right? But the tournaments are going to be using tournament rules. Right. So what does that mean? So like the level caps? Yeah. So what I was thinking was like, originally I was like, eh, the tournaments is going to be rigged. Cause like, obviously I don't have legendaries and I don't have like, the best cards in the game, and I also don't have very, very high level cards. Like mm -hmm. My highest level card is a, a level nine common, right? Um, or it's equivalent. Like none of my epics or rares are even a level nine equivalent yet. Mm -hmm. So, so I thought, well, since this is a tournament rule, this gives me a much better chance to do well in the tournament, right? Because players that might have higher troops than me that are only higher trophy counts because they play better cards than I do, but n might not be as skilled as me. I can beat them, maybe. Right. You definitely have a better shot. Right. I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna, but at least it, it makes me feel like I have a better shot, which no, is nice. Yeah, no. And it, ma it makes me feel good when I know I'm going to go into a tournament where typically, and this isn't like on a regular basis this happens, but a lot of times I'm facing people that have legendaries that are already upgraded which is scary. Um, but the cap in the tournament rules for a legendary is one. So that won't happen anymore. Right. So it doesn't matter if they have all level nines, one level eight and a level two princess. It goes right back down to a level one. Yeah, that's great. And something else 
that I found interesting, although I think I understand why they're doing it like this, um, is that you are playing in a tournament and you'll get your, um, I guess what they're calling a tournament chest, um, which I thought was awesome that, uh, as a side note, this chest doesn't count towards your four chest slots. This is a completely separate thing. Um, but when you're in the process of opening it and, you know, who knows how long it's going to take to actually open it. Um, what is it for a super magical chest? 24 hours? Yep. Yeah. So I would imagine it's probably in that realm, maybe longer. It's going to be six weeks. <laughs> it's a t- two and a half months to be exact. <laughs> um, so you can't enter another tournament while that's opening. Mm-hmm. So I thought that that was pretty interesting. It's one of the few limitations in the game that I actually agree with a lot. No, I'm with you. I think it it gives more people a chance to get like top prizes too, right? Like let's just pretend that you're the number one guy in the world and at at the tournament level rules, you're just the best and you have the best deck and you have the best skill mm-hmm. and you're just the best. It would be it would be frustrating to people if you're paying so many so many gems to just have one person dominate all of them right um i mean that's not gonna happen very often i'm just saying like it, it just makes it feel more more balanced yeah no i agree um and I, I i think we can name them it's what it sounds like to me um the one that they showed in the example was big dog tourney so Ooh. uh i think we have a perfect venue now to hold a cast royale tournament i'm with you we better do it no, now we have now we have no excuse. Now yeah, we there's gotta, no excuse. We got to stop lollygagging. But the cool thing is, we don't have to worry about brackets. Like that was the that was the thing that was like, yeah, the and having to keep us. track of all that stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like I, they made it a point to say that you do not have to leave your current clan to be in that tournament. So yep. if we make if either one of us, I guess, makes a tournament, um, as long as everyone from both clans or even all of our listeners, um, they know the name, then they can join. But one question that I have is, if I create the tournament, mm-hmm. do I have to front the gems and then people that join it basically pay the gems back? Or do I set up like a tournament and the people that want to join it pay gems just to join it? That's a really good question. I don't know. And I don't know if I want to give a, a, a solid answer to that because I don't know if I'm going to be right or wrong. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. So I think that, uh, you're probably going to have to front some to open it. Um, and I think people will pay to join it, um, via gems. And then that goes into a pool to kind of pay for all the rewards. So basically what I'm thinking is you're going to be the one to host all of our tournaments. (laughs) Why? That, way, Why? that way I can keep all my gems. Right? Wow, I have six gems. No. <laughs> well, it says we can have a very small tournament. It doesn't have to be very big. It's true. But I, you know, if we're going to listen, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it right. You got to go big or go home. And I, I'm sorry, but the, the first tournament has to have boom in the name. Oh, it's definitely going to be boom. Right. I mean, even if we write Royale boom tournament. That's Royale boom it. sauce. That's what we're going to call it. Castro Boom Sauce? No. What? You don't like Boom Sauce? What is, what is this? Uh, an Italian restaurant? No, it's just Castro Boom Sauce. I don't even know why we're talking about things that are as long as Boom Sauce, Awesome Sauce. This, oh, they're going to limit no it so bad. Gonna, yeah, we're not going to be able to name it anything more than 11 characters. 
Yeah, it's going to be Cast Royale. How much done. is in this? One, two, three, space, so four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Sixteen. So I'll say twenty. Twenty's probably max. But knowing them, it'll be seventeen just to be annoying. What if we just do Cast Royale, boom, with no spaces at all? Well, that's true. We could do that. Because then that's 16, right? Or four, 15. C-A-S-T-R-O-Y-A-L-E-B-O-O-M. 14. 14. So now that we can count letters in words, <laughs> we've successfully, well, um. we failed and then successfully fixed it. Yeah, so um, the other thing that I thought was pretty nice um, was that even though they've put a lot of thought into all of this, um, a lot of this is still in test play. Um, It sounds like they made all these features. They're going to just throw it out there in the wild and then collect all of our feedback um, and see what they need to tweak and fix and change and remove. Uh, So definitely be vocal about it. To everyone who's listening, um, give them that feedback, uh, and we'll definitely be talking about it on the cast when it happens. Um, Speaking of which, I don't know if they're going to be using this mode for what's coming up on July 4th weekend, Um, but I thought that's what they were kind of alluding to, to kind of get an idea of what this feature is going to look like, because they're hosting a week-long clash royale tournament right it's it's i think it's monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday it's gonna be huge every day has at least three to five tournaments happening um at any given time throughout the day and apparently each tournament is gonna roughly be around two to three hours so we'll have plenty of opportunities to join some tourneys get some tourney chests open them one at a time and get some big cards. Yeah. Um, are we going to be able to join these? I'm assuming. I don't know. It says, tune in to any stream to join the tournament or just to watch. Yeah, I guess so. Wow. So wait, does that mean that this feature is coming out on Monday, July 4th? Yeah, I mean, most people are going to be off from work, so it's going to be huge, huge turnout, right? They're not going to have any open slots. I mean, let's be honest. They wouldn't have any open slots anyway. Like, There's so many people that play this game and have been waiting for something like this. Um, and especially now that people don't have to leave their clans to join it, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's true, and everybody's off. So Right. Um, but it sounds like they have a tournament every four hours, starting at 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time, going all the way until every four hours from then on forward. <laughs> Everyone better get their rest on Sunday, because Monday's going to be huge. Yeah, and uh, get those five-hour energies, and Red Bulls, and Rockstar drinks, and... Cheese doodles. Old men get your cheese doodles and coffee. Boom. Yeah, so um, that was pretty cool. Um, So since we were focused on playing the game so much and we literally released our episode like three days ago, it feels like we just finished talking about the balance updates and all that other fun stuff. Let's do something a little different. Um, let's talk a little bit about some of the things that we would like to see built into this game, whether it's far-fetched, whether it's something that we think will actually happen in the future. Um, just some personal opinions on the actual game and what we would like to see built in, changed, tweaked. Um, and to be specific, we're not talking about our own version of balance changes. We are not changing cards. That's for Supercell to figure out and decide and uh based on use rates um it sounds like they uh 
are figuring it out every month. So we're going we're gonna to pick on other things like the actual game client. Features of the game. Yes. So do you have one in particular that just stands out? If, if I had to say like the number one thing that I would really, really want to see in this game, it would be like a, just like an actual, I guess they have one already, but a more robust friend list. So currently in the game, if you're on like the battle screen, mm-hmm. you know, where you would click battle. Right. And then around the picture of the arena, there's four little icons, right? There's um, a trophy, one that shows your replays, one that's a, the trainer matches, um, and then one that shows your achievements. Yeah. So if you click on the trophy, it'll show you like the top players in the game. You can switch that to show friends. So what the game does is it takes your game center friends mm-hmm. and it puts them in like a ranking order to show you like how you rank up against your friends from game center. So you can click on your friends. You can see how they're doing. You could see what clan they're in. You could see the clan themselves. Um, you can see what cards they're running, blah, 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 blah. But one thing you can't do is you, you can't add somebody to that list, right? It's just your game center friends. And if you happen to link your Facebook account to the game, it's also your, uh, Facebook friends that play the game. So, I mean, what I would love to see is I go into the game, I click on that trophy button, or maybe they make it a new button, whatever. Mm-hmm. They keep, keep, keep it at the trophy button. You go to the friends list, you can click a plus sign. And mm-hmm. then from there, you can put a player's name in, um, and they have to accept you. And then you can click on that and use the friends listing as like a, a place where you can maybe send them an inbox message or share a replay with them yes. or challenge them to a match. Yes, or, I am picking up what you are putting down here. Boom. Love it. That is great. And you know what? That actually uh, brings me to uh, not, not my most wanted feature, but something that I do want based on what you were saying is I would like the ability to search individual player stats so that I can actually, A, invite them to my clan if I no longer have access to their leave message, if they ever leave the clan, or if I want to specifically invite someone that maybe doesn't know that I want them in the clan, and now they'll know because I'll be able to invite them, but also to challenge them and play them in the game. Because I would like to be able to challenge people and face people that aren't in the clan. No offense to the clan. Obviously, I love the clan. But there are people that I want to play against that aren't able to be in our clan because they're in a different clan. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I, I just think that it'll, it adds an, another element of interaction within the game that, that would really prevent people from getting bored with it, mm-hmm. right? Because if you have a venue to play people for trophies, sure, you could do that. You just click the battle button and you either get really happy or really frustrated with the trophy count, win or loss, right? Right. Um, if you want to take a break from that, you can always play a trainer. But to be honest with you, it's not that fun. And then if you don't want to play a trainer, you can just do a friendly battle within the clan. But even when you play people in the clan, mm-hmm. I mean, you've, you've, you and I have experienced this too. Like there's, there's always certain players that you enjoy playing because it's a really great match. Um, and, and even though the matches might always be friendly because the people in the clan are always supportive and they're always willing to help, Sometimes you just know that you're never going to win versus somebody else. Right. And, and it's, it can sometimes be disheartening to want to accept a friendly battle, even though it's a quote unquote friendly battle. Right. Um, it would just be nice to know that you have somebody somewhere else that you just played and you really had a great game against them and you want to practice versus them. Search them, 
challenge them to a match and just see what happens. Or like, even, why not? Or even when when the game ends, like you know, where it shows that screen and you happen to get somebody that's really nice and they actually give you two thumbs up in a good game. There's oh, yeah. a, maybe there's a new little button there that says add friend. Dude. Right? That's a good idea. Yeah. I thought that was cool. And actually, hold on a second. Actually, doesn't Hearthstone actually do this where it tells you like the last guy that you just played? Yep. So like it if shows you just it played in your match, friends list. Yeah, like if you click the friends list button, it'll show it as like last played and then the person's name. Yep, and you can and, tap on it and you can send you can invite them as a friend and then if they accept, you can talk away. Right. So it's not like you can like talk smack to somebody or um, you know, really say mean things to them that you have you have to get accepted first. I mean, yeah, and the other thing is, listen, if we're not allowed to physically talk in the game, but somebody sends me a friend request, I'm like, oh, this person's probably pretty cool. I just played them. We had a good time. They were nice during the game. Obviously, I'm going to say yes to that friend request unless, you know, they were rude. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you. And I can't tell you when when I played Hearthstone, there were so many times where somebody would send me a request out. I say so many times, but it was probably like five or six. But to me, that felt like a lot mm-hmm. where I played somebody and then after the game, they requested me as a friend and then we like became friends and then we, we played each other. Like we practiced with each other and played each other and always talked when we right. would play. So it was, you know, it just, it adds another, like I said, level of interaction within the game that I think would be nice and refreshing to have. Yes. The only thing that I will say is I don't want the ability to chat because I've definitely had the same experience as you in Hearthstone, but I've also had the experience where I've played someone and they got really mad at me. So they friend request me. And then when I accept their friend request, they get enraged and send me really, really mean messages. So not about that. Well, <laughs> I mean, if we're going to say that people have the ability to re- like friend request you and then send you like an inbox message, you can't prevent that. So, well, I mean, I don't know if I'm saying inbox messages and if the inbox message is a message, it's just like a general nonstop rug wants to be your friend. True, but That's, they wouldn't be able to leave like a note or anything. Right. And if they did, it would be limited to 10 characters. Like, who cares? Hmm. I'm sure people could find a messed up way to say something in 10 characters. Well, then you don't accept it. Yeah, that's true. Whatever. But I'm just saying to try and limit because they clearly don't want people talking smack. And I mean, the only place that you're going to probably do that is in your clan. And if you do it, it's probably in a joking way and other people are doing it with you or you're being mean and they'll kick you. So done. Well, hey, let's be honest. I mean, if Supercell really wants to evoke strong emotions out of people... (laughs) They'll let them talk to each other. Well, that's true. Um, so I think it's appropriate in this section to bring up our good old friend, Vastidius, who, by the way, is recording his 100th episode this evening. Such a, such a huge, huge milestone for them. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy for them. I mean, they've been at this for, uh, I mean, he mentioned it when he was on episode 10 with us, um, you know, over two years or they were just approaching two years. It, it truly is remarkable. And they do such a great job and i mean like you said when we first started this thing they're such an inspirational crew that is just super supportive very passionate fun and friendly and i mean they've kind of helped us get to where we are and set the tone of how we do our show right so i mean we can't thank them enough and and we are just super super excited for them Right. So, and also if just a little plug, if you want to thank them, leave them an iTunes review, but go listen to their hundredth episode because apparently they got someone from Blizzard on their show. 
Boom. Boom. Um, so I bring that up because Vestidius brought up uh, the fact that he really wanted a standard mode in the game, like an unranked mode, yep. um, separate from playing in the clan and separate from playing a trainer, because let's face it, we said that the trainers aren't that good. And it seems like the trainer matches are really just to get a grasp on how the cards and their specific mechanics actually work, not necessarily to see if you can win a match because you're probably going to win. Um, I would really love to see this too, because it's really difficult trying to, um, let's say experiment with a new deck without risking trophies. Um, and yeah, you can do that with other clan members, but chances are the experience level and the skill level might not necessarily be the same all the time. And at least the game has whatever magical algorithms it has in place to kind of match you up against somebody. You can easily play against somebody that's of the same quote unquote experience, just not the same trophy count. I'm totally with you. And I think a standard mode would be super cool too, because I think that like right now, the way that the matchmaking system works is it takes your trophy count, right? It, it might use trophy count and also maybe maybe it also considers your like king level mm-hmm. but i think it's mostly just your your trophy count i think a cool thing or a cool feature within standard mode is like you said standard mode would be like there are no trophies you don't have to worry about it it's right. unranked and it's just like a friendly fun place to play and just try things out right but actually um, without get getting bored really and get real experience exactly um but a cool feature that i think would be is that if Supercell put like an algorithm together mm-hmm. to automatically calculate the average deck strength of any given deck yes. and only make the matchmaking system match you up against players that have a similar strength deck. Right. Because then what you can do is you can say, okay, well, hold on a second. I want to try out a mortar deck. However, my mortar is pretty low. But you know what, some of my other cards are pretty decent level and I can probably use them. In average, it's, it might be a little bit low, but that's okay because it'll match you up against somebody that's a little bit lower comparatively. And it'll make it a little bit more fair, I think. I mean, I mean, other people might disagree. I just think that trophy. you definitely shouldn't use trophy count if you're just trying to give people a place where they can have, you know, just fun guaranteed. Right, exactly. And, um... Since we're talking about a mode that isn't contingent upon winning and losing trophies, trophies shouldn't be the factor at all. So throw them out completely for for standard mode. Yeah, throw them out. Um, And then something simple that I would really like, um, and we were talking about this in the Discord, um, was more options for sharing replays outside of the game. So like how how would this work? What do you mean? So like perfect example is think of... um, I don't know. Think of think of a picture that you find on Twitter, right? Mm-hmm. When you tap and hold on that picture, if you see it from someone else, it brings up the iOS share sheet and it gives you options to send it in a text message, to send it in an email, to post it on Facebook, to uh, send it to, you know, Instapaper, whatever application you have hooked up to your phone, Discord, you know, because we were we were talking about the other day that, you know, Bilbo Swaggin, Swagman was uh, showing a replay to you and only you could go on because it was in your clan and Lady Law and I couldn't watch it because we weren't in your clan. But yet we're together in Discord. So, dude, that is the perfect example. I wish <laughs> that I could have shared this game with you because Bilbo Swaggins in our clan 
had probably the most epic win I've ever seen ever. Can you just briefly explain the best highlight of the whole game for me right now? The, the best highlight of the whole game, they each had one tower down, right? Okay. So same side opposite corners, or opposite corner. Okay. Opposite corners. Okay. And Bilbo at one point had his opponent had two level four um golems walking towards his tower what one from like the like the lane where the bridge would be Mm -hmm. and then one from like right in front of the king tower right because one of his crown towers were out the person could put it right there Mm -hmm. the most epic play that i saw bilbo do was put a cannon on the opposite side of the river to make the golem that was at the river cross back over the river to split them up and then he dropped an ice wizard and a Valkyrie and he did some crazy, crazy, crazy things. And he wound up winning the game with like 40 health left on his tower in like a bang, bang kind of win. I'm absolutely serious that I really wanted to see that. Is it still in your list of replays? I mean, no, uh, you know, there's, on there's his... no way. Oh, cause there's no way, right? It, it, it runs it goes out away after, after 10, like two days. After a hundred. Yeah. So I, 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 as soon as I saw it, I was like, this has to be TV Royale worthy. And I was shocked when it didn't make it there. Yeah, and who, who knows what algorithm or manual labor goes into picking those anyway, so. Right, but to be honest, I don't even think he, ca- I'm sure he cared that it didn't make it onto TV Royale. But if I was him, I would have wanted to show that replay to everyone. <laughs> and just be like, check this out. Yes. Yes, uh, that sounds ridiculous. Um, so I'm with you. I would love to you have agree. Like <laughs> you agree. Okay, good. Wholeheartedly agree. Um, so another one that I had thought of is in the same realm. What if when you were watching a replay, you could have like a little scrubber on the bottom that you can slide your thumb back and forth and rewind the replay? Oh wait. So hold on. <clears throat> you mean that when you're watching your replay mm-hmm. and and you, um, you want to see, like, this one specific spot, right? Yep. And, you know, it typically takes you a little time to get there, so you usually put it on, like, double speed. Yes. And then you accidentally pass it. Yeah, because somebody starts talking to you in the middle of your replay. You mean you don't like the fact that you have to, like, <laughs> exit out of the replay, and go restart? back in, and then rinse and repeat? Yeah, no, that's, that's my number one feature of the game. That's, why, that's <laughs> definitely why I want to change it, right? Dude, I am. That would be so cool. If especially, you could do that. especially if it was just like a little thumb scrubber. Like, don't give me a rewind button. That's annoying. Buttons are annoying. Just give me a gesture that when I tap on the bottom of the screen, it brings up a little clear uh, wheel looking thing and just lets me scrub. Done. Or slider. That is, that is such a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, I got really frustrated when I missed uh, a couple moments in a replay and I had the experience that you just explained. Boom. You want to know one thing that I've been thinking about recently? I'm ready. You know how when you're in a clan, how if you get, or let's just say that, you, I mean, you and I, we're both in a clan. Okay. Yeah. Cast Royale, Cast Royale too. If, let's just say that you send out a, an inbox message to the, to the, to the clan. Mm-hmm. Currently, what is the only way that you can see that? The only way that I know that that happened is if I go into the game. And pay attention when I meander across the main screen and notice the little one 
over one of the four really small buttons in the middle of the screen. So essentially, Supercell puts like a little badge, like a, an icon, a little mm-hmm. badge over over like the 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 section where you can get into your inbox. Right. The, so that's the first thing. The second thing is that when you click on it, mm-hmm. your inbox messages are like font size 0.5. Right. While Supercell's big balance change announcements take up the entire screen. Are, and are, are like totally legible font. Right. And so... If you don't, if you click on that button, you're not going to necessarily think like, oh, maybe I had a message. Maybe it's just Supercell's uh, balance changes. Right. So what I think they should do is if, if a clan message is sent out, mm-hmm. I think that a push notification, if you, if you allow push notifications for the, for the app, right. a push notification sh- should be sent to your, um, to your phone. That way you can get a little message that says, hey, Blah, blah, blah. You know, the boom man sent you an inbox message. Check it out. Oh my gosh, that is such a good idea. But it wouldn't only work for us, right? It would also work for Supercell. Like I if would Supercell love makes to get an those announcement, announcements. Right. If, if Supercell makes an announcement, it would work for them too. And I just think that it would make it uh, more apparent when, that, when things like that happen. Plus, it gets me back into the game. Like, not that I need more reasons to actually go back into the game client, but I don't know. I feel like it would get me more excited when... Uh, a message like that came through a push notification and I'd be like, Oh, I got to go into the game. I got to read this and just check it out because I wouldn't have necessarily, I'm sure a lot of people don't even know about the announcements until they go into the game and happen to see the one anyway. Completely agree. And that's a really good point too, right? Like getting people back into the game is something that they should want to do. You would think, think about it right now. When you have a chest that's about to open, Mm -hmm. if you have Let's just say that Supercell didn't give you a push notification mm-hmm. that your that your silver chest was open or that your free chest was ready. Would you be if you didn't get the notification? There's a good chance that you might not log in as quickly as you would if you see the notification because you want to open the chest, you want to start opening a new chest, and and getting more cards. Right. So I just think a push notification um, expedites the process and gets people back into the game client, which is ultimately what they should want to do. Yep. Like I said, you would think so, but, uh, they don't have you and I working there, so they need these ideas. Hey man, that's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, since we're on the topic of the four buttons that are in the main screen, um, one of those buttons you had mentioned is achievements. Uh, why are there only eight achievements or nine or whatever they are? How come I can count the amount of achievements that are in this game on two hands? And, and I, and my question is, and, and why do you finish or achieve all of them by like arena four? Yeah, I don't really understand it at all. Um, and it really irks me that we worked so hard to get to the arenas that we're in and not not that we haven't been rewarded for it, but we haven't accomplished any achievements. I mean, one of the things that I really like about playing games in general and what keeps me progressing in a game and actually wanting to play a game is the ability to accomplish something. And let me tell you something. If I'm not winning, I'm going to try and get an achievement. That's that's and, and either way. Now I'm in the game doing what they want me to be doing is just playing. So I would just like way more scalable achievements that are appropriate for the arena that you're in. Um, I don't think that they should ever really, not that they shouldn't ever, but the cap, like, like the donation number, 
right? Like what's the, what's the top achievement for the donations? 2,500? Something low. Right? Why can't the next one be 5,000? Listen, man, you're, you're preaching to the choir. I, I'm totally, totally with you. And, I, and it, for me, it's so weird because the people who made this also made Clash of Clans. <laughs> yeah. And in Clash of Clans, there were a lot of achievements. Yep. And I mean, the, the rewards don't have to, they don't even have to be that incredible. <laughs> but it would be nice if it was more than just like experience and some gems. Like, it'd be nice if it was like, a gold chest or a giant chest or just a just a silver chest or just a silver just chest just something nice for making it to such a an amazing achievement yeah like when you hit the legendary arena you should get like a you should get like a cool chest or like a really cool like i don't know like a, maybe just a good amount of gems or something i don't know but right now it's like you don't get anything other than the shop like the ability to buy something in the shop for 40,000 you gold. just Spark my imagination. They should introduce arena chests. Huh? Specifically called an arena chest based on the, like, they should, like, make, how many arenas are there? Eight? Sure. They should make eight specific chests for that arena that give you a little bit more than a gold chest. Like, for joining for the, first the arena. time that you make it in the arena? Or, like, once you get in there and then you win a couple of games after that and you're in it. Oh, like after five wins in this arena, you get this yes. arena chest. Yeah. I love it. That's, I, I don't know. I just feel like that would make you push a little bit harder to try and get into the arena instead of being like, oh, I'm just going to take a break now. I keep losing anyway. Right. And how impactful is this really going to be to like the card meta? It's if, not. if it happens once yeah. per arena, it's only going to happen eight times per player per lifetime. Right. It's just... A nice little extra something. Little little uh, pat on the back to make people keep going. I'm with you. Yep. Um, and then something else that I thought about uh, just today, actually, is um, the reason why this came up is because we talked about uh, the email last week. Um, our buddy keeps his uh, last deck spot open to uh, be able to try out our decks. Mm-hmm. So my thought process is I would really, really appreciate two more deck slots i don't necessarily know if i want more just yet but we have three and if you look at that screen there's easily enough room for two more numbers in there i'm gonna one up you and i'm gonna say i definitely want three but either way we both want more deck slots no we definitely want more deck slots and i i I just think that that would give us a little bit more flexibility when it comes to being able to make a handful more decks and practice and try other decks. I mean, let's be serious. How many times do you and I try and make a deck or look up a deck and we try it and then we move on to another one and another one, but we find a couple that we like, but we already have our three deck slots filled. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I'm not getting rid of Jason's deck yet. Right. I mean, it's staying as one of my slots. Well, you're comfortable with mm-hmm. it, right? So like people get into this rhythm and they get into this place where they really like a deck and they, they don't feel comfortable changing it. And so if that's the case, like someone like you with Jason's deck and maybe maybe your current deck, which is Purple Flames deck, that, that leaves you with one total other deck slot that you can use to quote unquote experiment. Right. And, and the thing is, is like, OK, not everybody's like us. They don't have like a podcast and they're creating deck spotlights every week with right. three different decks. But we are not the only ones that like to try different decks. There are 
hundreds of people that love to try new things, try different decks, and just see what works and what doesn't work, especially when your current deck that you may or may not feel super comfortable with isn't working out so well. Like it just gives you something else to turn to. And if, if you feel like you're, um, not, you're, you're not able to create a new deck just to, just to try something out because, mm-hmm. because you don't want to change your normal deck, well, then you might not, you might not even try it. it just, it's, it's a limitation that really slows down your progression. No, I completely agree. And you want to know what else I would do? Not only increase the deck slots, but I would also give you the ability to share a specific deck somewhere. So like share it via text message or share it on Facebook or share it somewhere, like copy it. Like in the clan. Yeah, like just share it in the clan. Well, because right now the only way to do it is to say, hey guys, check my player profile and see what deck I'm using. Right, and you have to have the deck up in your battle deck slot in order for people to see and copy that deck. What if when you shared that deck in with the clan, it brought up, you know, like a little miniature version of that of the deck that you're normally used to seeing, and then it shows you the copy button and you can just copy it right from there. I think that would be so cool. That would be cool. And then if it's being shared outside of the app, obviously it wouldn't be able to do that, but it could just make the screenshot for you. Boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of cards, one of the things that I would really, really, really love to see um, because let's face it, there, there aren't necessarily a lot of cards um, yet, but there will be. Um, and don't even tell me that there aren't times where when you're scrolling through, you just can't find the card, even though you have the card's image burned into your mind. You just, mm-hmm. it eludes you like the nine different times you pass it. And you're like, <laughs> I'm going to get it the 10th. I'm going to get it the 11th. I'm going to get it the 12th time. And then you finally find it like 15 minutes later. So then you go like one card by one card by one right. card. Till you find and it. And then you know what? Even then I still don't find it. So wow. what I would really like is a, a search field. I would like to search for cards. And then also I'm going to borrow something from Hearthstone. Um, and I would like to be able to just toggle based on elixir number, just to see all those cards that cost that elixir number. That would be really cool. Um, And one of the things that really irks me about the way that the decks and the cards underneath are laid out is whatever your deck happens to be in the deck slot selected, all of the cards underneath change. They're in a completely different order every single time you have a different deck. And it doesn't make sense to me why there's no rhyme or reason or order to this chaos at all. Um... What I would really appreciate is the cards to be in an order all the time to be able to find them easier, but also have the cards that are in the deck that you currently have selected in the list of cards already. Just gray them out. Stop removing them from the list of cards. Completely agree. And you want to know what other way I would be able to filter it? I would want to be able to filter, like, you know how when you're looking at your deck list, Mm -hmm. you you have your, your top eight cards and those are the ones that you picked. And then from there, it says card collection. And then below that, it says card rarity, common, rare, epic. Yes. You should be able to click on common, rare, and epic, and it'll show all of the commons in order of lowest to highest elixir. Or click rare, all the rares in order of lowest to highest elixir. Click epic, same thing. Yes. That way, it's just an easy way for you to find what you're looking for. Just think about it like this. 
next to card rarity right now that is like in the center of the screen mm -hmm. let's just say that they moved card rarity over and it said common rare epic and then on the right hand side it just said elixir cost with an arrow going up yeah that's true or down or down but that toggled by you touching it mm, so like so back and forth you can go from one all the way to nine you can click common and then toggle up or down click rare and then toggle up or down click epic and toggle up and down that's it yeah that'd be cool that way it doesn't add like a more complex look to the game it still will look simple it'll just allow you to have more um like user friendly buttons that you can pick no i agree or that you can click excuse me i agree um and then the 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 other things that that came to mind when we first talked about doing this on the show we got so we got to give some love to the clan Right? Because most of these things are for every player, but not everybody is in a clan. And I feel like some clan features might be useful as well. I mean, we talked about one of them being the push notifications, but that also applies to supercell notifications, right? Sure. So one of the things I'm proposing to, to uh, pop a supercell is please increase the clan limits to 100. I think this would be such a good idea. I mean, there are so many clans that have like... I mean, we have two, right? It's Cast Royale 1, Cast Royale 2. I mean, I've seen, I mean, popular, like, YouTubers or Twitch players have, like, like Phone Cats, for example. He's got, like, 10 different clans. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if it wasn't 10? Mm-hmm. Because the more people you have in a clan, the more donations you can get, the more... Right. The more donations you can give. I mean, you still get capped out right. at 180 per whatever right, but, it is, 12 hours. Right, but the difference is the donations fill quicker. Exactly. And plus, you're going to have more people in the clan to talk to and and learn from and play against. I mean, let's be honest, 50 people, that's like two classrooms. I'm with you. But I, I, I see why they don't have it like this yet, because you know, it ultimately also impacts like competitive play. There are people that play this game competitively. And there are, you know, if you look on that on that trophy icon that I had said before, it shows mm -hmm. you the top players, but yeah. it also shows you the top clans so i'm sure they have something going on with that that they have to consider as well so um but i i, I get why they don't have it yet but i mean i think it would be really cool if you could right you want to know one thing that that i've been thinking about uh, not a lot but i guess more recently over like the past two weeks that mm -hmm. i've been thinking about i want to know i want to be able to know who is online right when i'm online yes I also want to be able to, because like right now it says, you know, five of 50, but I don't know who those five people are. I mean, we could say, hello, who's right. there? <laughs> and I also want to know when the last time somebody played was. So like, I guess like a, a timestamp, mm -hmm. like the way that Blizzard does it is that you can look on your friends list or you can like look in the, the, uh, the chat or whatever and just see last online right it, it says, says last like, online like two hours ago a week ago a month ago exactly and you know i think that that would be really helpful for like people like you and me who do clan refreshes yes and and we want to say okay well we currently only remove people from the clan if they don't donate one total donation over the entire week which is a joke to be honest but we right, do it's it very easy to do that's the but only way to do this right but what happened if somebody had zero donations but then we saw that they weren't online for a whole week or that they were just on two hours ago and they're just not donating. So they're just not, they're purposely not contributing to the clan. 
it's just a simple way for you to say, okay, well, this guy is receiving donations, but he's not getting, he's not giving them back. Right. So I think with that suggestion, if that ever happened, do you think that we would ever get rid of the minimum donation? No, I think it's still useful. I don't, I don't think so. I think it still keeps. I mean, I think it's useful. I think having the two variables to look at, like you just said, to say, well, this person donated zero, but they were last online like an hour ago. So I just think it gives you more of an analytical view. Like you can look at it and be like, I see a bigger picture here. Yeah. As opposed to just like, eh, that guy, he, he just didn't donate. <laughs> yep. That's true. Um, and I like the idea of who's online. That's very, very cool. Boom. One of the things, and again, this is all very clan centric, so we don't have to spend too much time on it. But one of the things that I want is the ability to be able to send someone a message when you are kicking them from the clan. Because apparently you can do that from, uh, in clash clans. When you kick someone, it gives you the option to send them a message. So like, even if it's just something simple, like you didn't meet your donations this week, bye. I mean, I'm not going to say bye. That, that's kind of mean, but you know, you didn't hit your donations. We, you know, we had to fill the spot. Yeah. Like, sorry, we had to let you go. Yeah. Just something. I would love to say sorry to people. Completely agree. And on that same note, I think that there should be two different buttons for kicking people as opposed to one button. So for example, right now, if you kick somebody from the clan, they can't rejoin the clan unless you specifically invite them back. Right. So it's not really a kick. It's a ban. It is a ban. You're right. And it's a ban. And, and also. And they don't if, tell you that. No, they don't. And also, if you reject somebody. That's a ban, too. It's a ban, too. Because <laughs> they, they can't request again. Right. Unless so, you invite them. They can't join unless you invite them. Exactly. So I think they need to be a little bit more lenient with that. It would just make the game. It, it would it would limit potential, you know, what if I accidentally kick somebody from the clan? Not only right. did I accidentally just kick somebody, I also just banned them. And oh, by the way, if I'm not a if I'm not a Facebook friend or Game Center friend with them, then I can't invite them back because I'll never be able to find them. <laughs> That's true. Um, and what I would like, actually, speaking of that. Since the clan chat only keeps 100 messages at all times, mm -hmm. including replays um, and requests, there should be a place where you and I, as uh, leaders of the clan and even the elders or people who are promoted within the clan, they should be able to go to another screen where there is a list of all of the running requests that have been brought to the clan. So that way, if we miss them, we can go back and get them, um, and it also makes it so that we actually don't miss those things. I hear you on this one, but I don't know if they'll ever do something like this. I don't. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever do any of the stuff that we're talking about. No, I know that, but I just don't know how many clans are as active as our clans. Oh, I'm sure people are active. Oh, I'm 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 totally sure that there are a lot of active clans, but I think in most cases you, you'll find that there. You'll have a lot of people that play the game, but not that are sending hundreds of hundreds of chat messages throughout a day. Yeah, that's true. But hey, I mean, if if it's simple to do and they can appease everyone, then why not? Yeah, I mean, I'm also saying because it the the hundred line chat thing also includes replays and then the spectator games and all those other things. So the more stuff that they keep adding, the the 
it's going to cycle through a lot faster. So that's, that's all I'm saying. Just a place to go and get those things. No, it's fair. Um, and then you had an idea a while ago when they were first introducing the spectator mode, right? I wish that, like, you know how right now if somebody's in a game, mm-hmm. in a friendly game, mm-hmm. if you're in the clan and the match started, it'll tell you, like, Joe is playing Rob and they're two minutes and 30 seconds in. Right. What I would want to see is if that game is currently in overtime, the entire... Um, like banner bubble thingy? Yeah, that's in the chat mm-hmm. becomes red and blinking, kind of like the alarm that looks like the, the, the arena itself when you're in the battle. Yes. Like it makes it look more like enticing, like, oh, it's a really good moment in the game. It's in overtime. It must be really close. Right. Plus, the other cool thing is overtime with friendly games are three minutes long. So if you're jumping into an overtime match with that notification going off and it's bouncing like that, you're not necessarily jumping into a match that could be over within a minute. It could take three full minutes for that to happen. So it's almost like a whole nother game. Right. But you never know. But the cool thing would be is that you will feel not maybe not everything that the players are feeling, but you'll enter the game feeling like it's more than just the start of a match. Right. I completely agree. And I loved it when you first brought it up. And now that spectator mode has been out for a while and I, I get it. Um, and there, there are times where the overtime thing is happening or I want to watch a game only in overtime or I've been like busy with the chat stuff. Um, I miss it. The game's over at that point, And then I just have to watch the replay where I would really prefer to watch it live. Completely agree. My last and final suggestion it's a, it's a doozy, and I hope that this is coming. What do you got? I would really like another arena in between Arena 7 and Arena 8. Really? Yep. I'm sure 50% of our listeners were like, no, Rob, you cannot do this. And the other 50% were like, yes, you must do this. So I hope I, I, hope I split it like the Red Sea there. I'm in the middle of both 50%. All right. So my reason is if you, if you look at, first of all, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I think that most of the players that are in arena seven are fantastic, but I also feel like there is a sense of a dumping ground in the Royal arena where there are a lot of people that are really good, but not good enough to get into the legendary arena, but also too good to be facing people that are in the 22-2300 trophy range. Okay. So my proposal, and I don't think it's crazy, is if you look at every other arena jump, it's almost a three to 400 trophy increase every time you go to a new arena. Why is it that there is a 1,000 trophy gap between Arena 7 and Arena 8? I feel like there should be a, another arena at around the 24 to 2500 range. So I hear what you're saying. My question would be is, what do you think that that would, like, what purpose would it serve? Like, what do you think that it would change within the game? Well, for one, I think that they would have, it would give them a, a, a prime spot to add new cards. Okay, I agree. So, so that, would, that would theoretically change the meta and also create a new meta in that specific arena. Um, they might also be able to tweak um, some of the cards and where they fall in arena seven and move them to the new arena eight. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's too many people in arena seven. 
I'm sure there's a lot of other people in all the other arenas. I just feel like you're taking 1,000 trophy ranges and putting them in one arena where most of the time an arena is filled with just a range of three to 400 trophies. No, I hear you. And I think, I mean, you can see why they have a thousand though. Like I'm sure what's going through their mind when they have a thousand trophy gap is that they want the climb of a thousand trophies to feel like a long time. And they want you to feel accomplished when you get there. Like you just beat out a bunch of other people or climbed up very, very high to get to a legend status. Hmm. I mean, when I initially think about it, I'm like, well, adding a new arena is not going to really change anything because you're still going to be facing people that are in the trophy count at that level. Right. And if you're having trouble versus people in the 2800 range, you're still going to have trouble versus people in the 2800 range. However, I wasn't thinking about it like you were, how another arena would add new cards and add a different meta or element to the game. Mm-hmm. Um which in theory would allow other people um, to maybe strive better with their play style and might drive better with other cards that they have and, and they accelerate quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I hear that point. So let me ask you, what is your suggestion? My final suggestion is one that I think is super simple. I want the ability to confirm <laughs> two things. Okay. I want to be able to confirm. So is this, is this one feature, but just a two-part feature or two features? It, it, it's, it's a confirmation button, okay. but in two places. Okay. So I want to I be able to I already know conf- one of them. I, I, I know. <laughs> I want to be able to confirm which deck I'm using once I click battle. Yes. So if I click battle, I want to see the list of five or three decks that I currently have, and I want to be able to click the number one, see the deck and then click okay yep or or double or click battle again completely agree there are so many times like i said before we try so many decks out especially because we do the deck spotlights where i'll make a deck and i'll just try it out and then i mean to play it in like a friendly battle and test it out but then i accidentally take it to the arena yes and battle my trophies yes that and i'm just like well now i just have to resort to cry face yep plan c Um, the other one is a confirmation button when I'm requesting cards. There are so yes. many times that I accidentally click, click the mortar or, or I'll click some, like, I don't even, what's another card that I would like never want to request that, I, that like I accidentally request the bomb tower. Yeah, like, exactly. Like I don't ever use that card, but like I accidentally click it while I'm scrolling through and lo and behold, I get three bomb towers delivered to me. Yep. And many times I've seen the clan. I mean, I've done this multiple times too, but a lot of times I get, uh, you know, people in the clan being like, oh, wrong card. And there's nothing you can really do. Yeah, because donations typically, I mean, if, especially if you're in an active clan, donations typically fill up pretty quickly. Oh, so. very, very fast. We're like I mean, fiends. You, by the time the you clan. say it, you've already got two. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, you got any more? Cause I've run dry. No, I think, I think that that was pretty cool. I mean, I like talking about the game and like, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of good things that I do love about this game. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think we talk a lot about things we do like about this game, um, and why we love it and why we play it so much. But, you know, every once in a while, it doesn't hurt to get a little bit of constructive criticism and, and, and hear out what your customers want just see if you can implement them i mean we think that these aren't i mean these are just things that enhance the game it it doesn't really 
<laughs> it just makes it yeah, more enjoyable it to just play. makes it better i don't think that anything that we asked for is really that far out of reach and that crazy to be asking for to begin with that's right but what one thing that we really I, one thing that we wanted to do rob is open the floor to everybody else like these are just our ideas and mm-hmm. we spent you know an hour talking about them but really what we want to do is we want to know what you guys would love to see in the game and i know we just talked about a few but there are a number of things that people are very creative with and that we didn't that i'm sure we would have never thought of oh i'm sure um so if if you have ideas of things that you want to be implemented into the game send them to us and then each week we'll look through them and we'll pick the best one that we think um was sent to us and we'll read it on the air definitely um so without further ado because i think that our love letter to supercell took a little bit longer than i thought agreed let's go into deck spotlight deck spotlight so this one's a little bit of a special deck spotlight too because we made two custom decks and then found our third deck boom boom so the first deck that we're going to talk about is uh a cool one that you put together that we are titling we're gonna be royal and it's a 3.8 elixir deck that contains the valkyrie the royal giant the barbarians goblins zap minions fireball and the hog rider rip (laughs) still too soon i guess a little bit too soon but no i mean last week we joked around that supercell killed the hog rider but let's be honest it's still a pretty good card definitely um and it's it alongside with the royal giant are probably two of the most popular cards used in the game during the current meta correct because they are very good and they are very offensive and they are not very easily dealt with typically what people will do is they'll make a deck and while they're making a deck they say okay well what is my answer to the hog rider or what is my answer to the royal giant (laughs) that's true (laughs) or they'll say do I have an answer in my deck? Do I have one card in my deck that could answer both the Hog Rider and the Royal Giant? A great example of that would be Barbarians or the Minion Horde right. or a Mini Pekka, right? What makes this deck so good is that it contains both the Royal Giant and the Hog Rider. And why it's so good is because of what I was just alluding to before. Most of the time, people will include one really strong answer to one of those two cards right usually not both usually not both (laughs) and so if you are constantly throwing down either a hog rider and or a royal giant it really 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 puts your opponent on the back foot to the point where they're defending a lot and they don't really have time to put up an offensive push right and so the strategy with this deck is actually pretty simple you have barbarians which are pretty much used defensively mm-hmm. and the valkyrie should really u- be used defensively as well okay um your offensive cards are very obviously the hog rider and the royal giant and the cool thing about them is that you can you can really do a lot of damage when you have a hog rider and goblins running down the lane being escorted by one another and the goblins are kind of pushing your hog rider off to the side that way it won't get distracted by a building or a cannon right you have the zap to make sure that you get in the hit or the two hits or you clear the distraction building very quickly. Um, and if you can zap and get those extra hits off each time that you go down the lane, mm-hmm. you're inevitably, you're inevitably going to win the game. Um, because it doesn't take 10 hits per, per push to win a match. Right. 
it really only takes like two or three. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Especially with a royal giant and a hog. Right. Because <laughs> you have very good cards that are going to stay on the battlefield long enough to get the damage in. Um, I'm excited to finally see a royal giant deck that doesn't have a bomber in it or a wizard. That's what I'm here for. I, I see that. that I this make is pretty decks cool. that don't include those. <laughs> Um, I mentioned before, though, that the Valkyrie is used defensively. Mm -hmm. It can be used offensively if you put it in front of the Hog and use the Hog to push the Valkyrie forward. Um, right. So I guess you technically have another cycle. Exactly. Um, it, it creates a very, very quick offensive push. One of the downsides of the Valkyrie is that it's very slow. Mm -hmm. So if, if you just put it at the beginning of the river and just let it walk by itself towards the tower, mm -hmm. it's going to die and it's very easily dealt with. Right. However, if you increase its speed to very fast, it now is an extremely overpowered card. Yes, exactly. Um, so if you can get both the Hog Rider and the Valkyrie there together, like you know your opponent is short on Elixir, maybe they just put down a, a, an Elixir pump or something, mm -hmm. don't be afraid to go on the offense. This deck can, can certainly give a punch and then defend when, when your opponent comes back. Yeah, I mean, it's 3.8 too, so it's, it's, it's still quick. The only reason that it's as high as it is is because it's got a six-cost giant in there, right? It's got the Royal Giant. Yeah. No, um, I, I like this deck. And, and the coolest thing about this deck is that you cannot be afraid once you get the first tower down to once you are on your offensive push to the other side, mm -hmm. go to the other tower, don't be afraid to drop the Royal Giant on the other side of the river so that it can automatically just start attacking the tower. It won't right. have to walk Because then that puts them on, the, on their back foot. It se severely puts them on their back foot because they have to put their units by their crown tower um, and actually by their king tower and defend in the middle of the map as opposed to creating an offensive push towards your tower. Right. And sometimes they won't position their troops correctly, <laughs> and they'll split themselves up. They'll go left one way and right the other way. Um, so, I mean, as you get higher in the trophy counts, you'll face people that are a little bit better um, at troop placement, so you might not get that advantage. But either in any case, it'll still give you the like, offensive advantage and keep them on their heels. I couldn't agree with that anymore if i tried we're gonna be royal baby <laughs> you know what i thought of when i when i created this name hmm. that song by lloyd i would hope that's what you were thinking so this this deck that i'm going to talk about um is is slightly special um because we got a tweet um a week or two ago from our buddy hugo h um and he just got his ice wizard and I know that you and I had said that we typically steer away from using legendaries because as our polls and survey has showed us, not everybody has one. In fact, the majority, the high majority of people that play the game that are in, that are at least our listeners, do not have a legendary. So um, he asked if we could make him uh, a legendary deck, um, or at least a deck that includes at the very least, the Ice Wizard. Um, so because we don't have the Ice Wizard, it was a little bit difficult for us to make said deck, um, but we did find one. Um, and for those of you who do not have the Ice Wizard, there is a replacement, not something that does exactly the same thing, but will uh, serve the purpose of the deck, I think. Um, so the name of this deck is called Double Pekka, and it is a four-cost um, elixir deck. Uh, that obviously has the P.E.K.K.A., the Mini P.E.K.K.A., the Ice Wizard, the Witch, the Arrows, the Spear Goblins, Elixir Collector, and the Rage Spell. So, Rob, like you and I, we don't have Legendary. So if, if we don't have the Ice Wizard, what would be like a viable 
you know, replacement for that. So one of the things that this guy talks about um, in the the video that I found for this deck, he says that we can use the archers instead of the ice wizard. Now, at first I was kind of like, but the ice wizard slows stuff down and the archers are pretty. <laughs> so I don't really see. But then I thought more about it. And you know what? The, the To be fair, the archers do more damage. Um, so that's a nice balance. Um, also, they both attack air and ground. Um, and I think the most important thing is that they both cost three. So it keeps the elixir cost the same. Right. So I think the combination of the fact that they both cost three, both attack ground and air, and that the archers, while they don't give the slow, do more DPS, like right. damage per second, mm -hmm. um, makes up for it a little bit. And, you know, people that don't have ice wizards are probably more used to playing things like archers anyway. Right. Um, so it, it, it just becomes a lot more, uh, more of a normal feel into the deck, one that you can really pick up pretty quickly and just learn. Yeah, I think so. Um, so one of the biggest things with this deck is you're going to want to cycle through your lower leveled cards, like your spear goblins, especially to try and get to your elixir collector. Um, if you can't get that card out in the beginning, you want to kind of play defense and use your cards wisely um, to kind of offset whatever's coming at you. Um, so... Your mini P.E.K.K.A., again, is probably your biggest defensive card, um, although the nice thing about this deck is that in a huge push, it can very well be uh, offensive, as we know from his strength. Um, but what you want to do is get the Elixir Collector out in one of the corners or wherever you'd like to put it, um, and you want to start your Witch um, in the back behind your Crown Tower. And the nice thing, again, about this deck is it's playing two cards that got serious buffs. Um, that's the P.E.K.K.A., and the witch since the last update. So the witch is going to start in the back of the crown tower. And then she is going to spit her skeletons out. And by the time she gets to the arena tower, she'll have six skeletons out. At this point, what you want to do is drop your P.E.K.K.A., the big P.E.K.K.A., right at the river. Um, and then at this point, you'll be building elixir and you'll probably have enough to throw out your ice wizard behind the P.E.K.K.A. Now, again, if you don't have your Ice Wizard, you're going to throw your Archers. Um, and then depending on if you have enough Elixir or if the play calls for this, you can back things up with your Spear Goblins. Um, if you want to go crazy, you can also use your Mini P.E.K.K.A. But the goal is to just fight your way through and let your P.E.K.K.A. be the tank while your Ice Wizard slows everything down and your Witch does the majority of the damage. When they all get to the tower... You rage. Do you have to wait for them to get to the tower, or can you use them to? Can you use the rage to facilitate them getting to the tower? You what, can. What's your? How does that work? You can. I mean, I think specifically, I wouldn't necessarily use the rage because the, the rage should really be used to get the tower down quickly, right? Sure. If you're trying to defend or at least push through a defense as the offensive play, um, maybe when you realize that your offensive play is working in your favor, then I would throw your rage spell because you don't want to waste it. Right, yeah. I guess the worst thing that you could do with this deck is set up the offensive push, use the rage prematurely, and, it and, then, and then and then And then your P.E.K.K.A. and your, your Witch die. Yep. <laughs> and then you're just sitting there with a, a little purple circle in front of the, the tower just doing a cry face. You'll literally be on your back foot for the entire game after that if you waste your rage spell and don't finish the push off correctly. Plus, you just wasted a rage. Like, 
they they know now that you have rage so now they'll try and play around it correct you want to use it we've said this before you want to use the rage to be a quick smack in the face right definitely um and obviously you still have your arrows for your defense um you, d- you don't necessarily want to cycle through those in the beginning. Um, I would say probably just cycle through the spear goblins. Um, but the spear goblins, the arrows, the mini P.E.K.K.A. are going to be your defensive cards. I mean, hey, you could even use the ice wizard um, or the archers in the beginning if you need to um, to help defend with your mini P.E.K.K.A. It, it really all depends. But the big push here is the witch with the P.E.K.K.A. with the ice wizards or archers. Um, and then the rage spell at the tower. So there you go, Hugo. There's your ice wizard deck. Boom. Double P.E.K.K.A. Boom. boom. Double P.E.K.K.A. Boom. And you, sir, had a pretty cool deck to tell me about and saved it for right now. Yes, I did. So this deck is a little bit different than the decks that we've been creating. We've been creating a little bit heavier decks, like 3.8, 4.0, things like that. So we wanted to switch it up and create a very quick deck Probably, probably the fastest deck we've ever made. That's probably very true. Mm-hmm. It's called Pick Your Poison. And I like it, too, because there's two vials in this deck. Yes. <laughs> two it's, vials it's in the, the deck. It's the red pill and the blue pill. Just like the Matrix. Boom. Um, it is a three-cost elixir deck. And it features the poison, the mini P.E.K.K.A., the musketeer, the skeletons, the spear goblins, the fireball, the zap, and the cannon. So the thing about this deck is that the poison, which is used both offensively and defensively, I would say typically it's used defensively to prevent like a swarm of troops coming your way. Mm -hmm. However, in this deck, it is mostly used offensively. You have two cards in the deck that are going to actually provide you with any sort of damage benefit. That is your mini P.E.K.K.A. and And your your Musketeer. musketeer. Now, the problem with those two cards is that by themselves, they won't do a lot of damage at all because Mm -hmm. they're very easily countered. Um, But if you can send in your mini P.E.K.K.A. along with spear goblins and a zap or a poison, you will ultimately slow down, stun, and damage while killing with the mini P.E.K.K.A. and the goblins (laughs) your your enemy troops. Right. Um, The thing about the mini P.E.K.K.A. is that it is your most offensive card but it can be used defensively as well so you can use it defensively to counter a card and then go on the offensive push and then do the setup that i was just talking about and if you use it like that you can also use the the musketeer behind it to back it up so let's just pretend you have a scenario you have a hog rider coming down your way you don't have the cannon up so you drop the mini pekka the mini pekka defends your tower and then heads over to the other side of the map. Right. While it's going down, you're going to drop your spear goblins and your musketeer and then have the poison set up ready. Mm-hmm. Anything that gets dropped is going to have AoE damage to it, is going to be slow, and is going to be getting attacked by not only the poison, but also three spear goblins, a musketeer, and a mini P.E.K.K.A. Right. All while you have a zap that's probably already to be used now to stun them. Right, because the, co- the deck costs like nothing to play. Right, and it's, <laughs> it, it is so easy to go on the offensive with this deck that if you ever catch your opponent uh, in a weak or vulnerable spot, you can take advantage of it almost immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I just mentioned that you 
can use your mini P.E.K.K.A. defensively against a Hog Rider, but you also have the cannon, don't forget, and you also have a one-cost skeleton card that you can throw down to, to clean it up. So the ultimate goal with this deck is to defend when you need to, but to keep your opponent on their back foot pretty much all game. Yeah, this is definitely a fast one. I didn't mention anything, anything about the Fireball yet, but this is an extremely key spell in the deck. It's typically going to be used defensively. However, if you're finding that you're, you're getting to the other tower very quickly and you're not allowing your, your opponent to uh, build up any sort of offensive strategy and you kind of want to throw the gauntlet down on them, <laughs> instead of using the poison, use the fireball. It'll work. Especially if they have barbarians. Exactly. So ultimately, it'll serve a similar purpose. It's just not doing as big of an AoE damage and covering as much ground. Um, so you'll have to be a, a lot more specific and, and much better in placing it than you would for a poison spell. Right, that's true. The uh, one tidbit word for the wise um, is if you're used to playing decks with tanks um, and hiding behind tanks, or I should say using tanks for your advantage, um, give this deck a, a couple shots before you actually uh, decide that it's not for you because it's a totally different play style. That's a really good point, Rob. Like if you if you're used to playing decks with tanks in it and you're not used to like throwing down um cards in a strategic way that way you can build up an offensive strategy, this deck is going to cause you a lot of losses right up front. Yep. Um it requires very detailed troop placement and timing. Um it's not the kind of deck that you can like I just said before, if you throw a mini Pekka into the other side of the arena, it's going to be killed without doing any sort of damage at all. Um, same thing with the musketeer, same thing with the skeletons, same thing with the spear goblins, right? So those are only four troops. <laughs> so that's true. You've, you've really, really, really got to use your zap and your poison effectively to make sure that you're getting the damage in that you need to get in every single time that you push. Could not agree more. So... That does it for our deck spotlight, and we didn't get any emails or iTunes reviews. Um, so if you would like to email us, you know where to send that. Um, for those of you who do not, the email address is feedback at castrailpodcast.com. Um, you could also uh, get in touch with us if you go to our website, um, obviously castrailpodcast.com, and there's a contact us button. You can fill out the form. Um, it comes right to our phones. Um, and we respond as fast as humanly possible, uh, given limitations of work and the rest of life, but we try and get back to you as fast as we can. Um, yeah. And then of course, if you would like to leave us a review on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. Um, but it is the number one way for you to help us reach more listeners. Um, for whatever reason, that's the way the iTunes search works and ranking systems work. Um, it's all based on reviews. So if you, uh, have something cool to say, uh, feel free to leave it there. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter using the handle at Podcast Royale. Yes. And if you would like to support our show and you like what we do and you want to help us cover the costs of the servers and the operating costs, um, you can go to castroyalepodcast.com slash Patreon. Um, anybody that does donate gets some pretty sweet rewards. So we would love to have you on board there. And please, please, please don't forget that we are still um, continuing our player survey, which allows us to tailor the show and get to know you a little bit more and, and kind of where you are and the cards that you have and what you're looking for. 
Um, so it really only takes like maybe four minutes to fill out. So the link will be in the show notes. Please, please, please click the link, take the survey um, and help us tailor the show to, to be more relevant to you. Boom. Yes. And uh, as always, until next week for another hodgepodge of everything. Wow. You like that? I, w- I came prepared and I was like, I'm going to give Joe the best hodgepodge announcement I can give him. That was incredible. Normally when you are going to do it, like I automatically have a smile on my face because you're so reluctant to do it every time. But that was epic. I'm all about it. And I think now I might want to get it on a t-shirt. Really? A, a hodgepodge of everything. Can it say boom on the back? It can. And it can have one of the uh, emotes with the thumbs up on the, on, on the back too. Is it also going to have a squelch button on it? No, because we don't. We, we, we don't we, have squelch We buttons. don't have squelch buttons. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so until next time, uh, we will see you then or we will see you at another time. Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.